Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Macharco with DC Entrepreneur. I'm here with Darren Stofer. He is the manager of startup and technology initiatives with Arlington Economic Development. Welcome today. Thanks for having me. I know you work with Arlington Economic Development. Can you please just talk about how AED does work in the local community with uh, tech startups and entrepreneurs that want to start their own business? Sure. Um, I guess our... I, I specifically work in our business investment group uh, within economic development, and our our real mission is to uh, recruit and attract companies here. I specifically focused on the startups and, and the entrepreneurs um, and some of the high-growth companies, entrepreneurs um, and startup companies. Um, to give everybody some sort of context, over the last probably 12 to 18 months, we've really had this big push to recruit tech companies to the area. You might have read some things in the news about some startups coming here and some of the programs that we have. Um, and, and really the reason for this is is to help the office vacancy. Um, Arlington's office vacancy is about a little over 20%. Now, historically, it's been 10 to 12%. Um, a couple of things happened over the last probably eight to 12 years. The first thing was when BRAC hit. And effectively, Arlington's benefited from several federal agencies being located here. In fact, most federal agencies, certainly every defense agency, has, has a large office presence in Arlington, um, as well as all of your large government contractors. So if you're a large federal agency, if you're a Deloitte, if you're you know a Accenture, you probably have a lot of office space in Arlington. Um, when BRAC hit and the federal government decided to shift some of the offices outside of the area, uh, the one community that was affected the most was Arlington. Um, effectively, we lost over 6% of our office market in a day when that announcement happened. Uh, so along with that, um, you have s- certainly over the last five years, a lot of consolidation in the office market. So so your large contractors and even small and medium-sized businesses just aren't taking up as much office space anymore. You have more flex work-from-home policies. You have more contractors that have uh, what they call hoteling. Um, and so all of this was sort of the perfect storm for this giant vacancy gap in, in, in the market. And ultimately, the office market drives a tax base here in Arlington, which affects all of the citizens. So over the last two years specifically, we made it a point to combat this, this office vacancy. And, and so how do we do that? One of the things we started to look at was, why can't we recruit more tech companies here? Right? So we have, if you think about what Arlington, the assets Arlington has, right, we're, we're very walkable, we're bikeable with Capital Bike Share. You have, you know, the all the metro access with the orange line and the red line. Um, we have all the bars, the nightlife, and all these little urban communities, your Roslyn, your Clarendon, your Ballstons. Um, effectively, everything that, if you think about what you want as a employee of a tech company, we have all of that here. And, and I think the... The biggest thing that we have is is the workforce, right? Huge millennial population. Arlington has the highest concentration of workers with a higher, a secondary degree, right? Ab- above a bachelor degree in the entire country. Uh, we also have one of the highest wages in the country. 
And so all of those things are sort of what startups want when they look for a location, right? We're, we're, we're not Silicon Valley. We're not Austin, Texas. We're not Boulder, Colorado. We're Arlington, Virginia. And I don't think we want to be any of those cities, but we certainly want to be in the mix when companies look to open an office, to scale their operations, to open an East Coast office. Um, we want to be included in that. And so... So that's sort of some context on all of this, just to sort of set set the tone as to um, some of the things I'll talk about in terms of what we're doing in tech and what we're trying to do um, to recruit startups. But a lot of it was is because of this office vacancy. And we took a look and said, we have all these amazing assets that if I was a tech company, if you were a tech company, if you were the CEO of a tech company, like we should at least be in the mix and, and say, you know, hey, we're going to look at Boulder. We're going to look at St. Louis, Missouri. We're going to look at San Francisco. We're going to look at Arlington, Virginia. Um, and so um, so we took what we had and we decided, like, let's make a big push to recruit tech companies. So we're doing quite a few things. Last year, we launched a program called Startup Arlington. And it was kind of on a whim. And this was this was when we all started to talk about, okay, I think we have some there's some momentum in the market. You know, there's a there, we have a couple of companies that are moving here. We've gotten some press out of this. How do we continue this? And so we launched this program called Startup Arlington, and really it was designed to attract startup companies. Right. And, and when I say startup in this context, I'm talking about two to four people. Right. And this was a lot of this was doing marketing for uh, for the county to say, hey, we're tech friendly. Um, come move here. So we offered the chance for entrepreneurs to uh, we offered th- three months of free office space, three months of basically an apartment, Metro passes, capital bike share passes, um, all the things that you would need coming outside the area to set up shop here in Arlington. We had. We literally had 57 applications from 11 different states, which sort of blew our mind. We were like, wow, there's that that much interest in Arlington, Virginia. And there was. And it was everything from cybersecurity companies to healthcare IT companies to um, 3D printing, pretty much you name it, um, it was out there. And the, the winner was a company from Montana, a cybersecurity company. Um, they ended up winning and setting up shop in Arlington. So now they have a small office, office in Roslyn um, from Bozeman, Montana, which is pretty interesting enough. We'll continue to do this program again, uh, actually this coming fall. Um, so we'll launch this around September and we'll take applications for about four weeks, um, and then we'll we'll meet and have a committee, and we'll select another winner. Um, and I think this time uh, the housing will be in Clarendon, so it's a pretty awesome opportunity. A vital part of having technology companies relocate to the Arlington area is attracting a millennial workforce. Since millennials are you know a big part of the sharing economy, and they're a big part of uh, the tech economy, what ways are Arlington uh, trying to attract that generation to live and work here. So, for one thing, we're for for companies. We actually offer incentives um, for for startup companies, um, and so we understand. Like, first of all, like we're, we're we don't kid ourselves. We we understand that you know it's not cheap to live in Arlington, both as a resident and from an office space standpoint. And, th- and there's also a reason for that, right? It's a great community. It's 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 safe. We have great schools. Um, and it's all those other things sort of I talked about initially. It's the transportation, but it's still really expensive, right? And if you can go to Austin and you can get, you can pay zero tax and get rent for 30% cheaper, it's hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. 
And and so I, I don't I don't I don't think we necessarily are competing with those type of cities. I think we're trying to create our own culture. I talk to you know C level executives from startups all the time, from small seed stage to A stage to late D round stage, and they all say the same thing, which is the hardest thing for me to do is find good talent. Right, a lot of times it, it's back end developers, and the reality is, is that they will pay really, really good salaries to get them. Um, And one of the things that this area benefits from is that we have a lot of that talent here versus some of the other cities don't necessarily have that. And I think that's becoming a lot more attractive for companies, certainly when they look look to, you know, know, have an East Coast presence or even just open their first office, we're becoming more attractive because we do have that talent pool. And the fact of the matter is, as much as we compete with D.C., uh, we look at it as DC as a huge asset for us, right? We're literally like we're, we're here in in Clarendon, Virginia, right now, um, in, in in the heart of Arlington, which is a great great part of Arlington, and we could probably be in DC in like seven minutes. Um, and and DC has a lot of great assets too. And so we look at okay, we're 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 really well placed location wise. We have all the metros. Um, and so we think it's very attractive to these type of companies. And, and, and the overall arching theme is that we have the talent here. You don't have to, to look super far to find the people that you want. Like they're, they are here. And we're also a very transit-oriented area. Um, I was actually talking to uh, the CEO of a, of a startup company the other day. Um, and he was telling me, you know, in addition to the people that are already here from a hiring standpoint, it certainly helps him. He said that Arlington and the DMV area in general is one of those places that people are willing to move to a lot more than others, which I also think we benefit from as well. And I think that could be, um, that's something that as we move forward, people move in and out of DC all the time. But the fact is like people are willing to come here. They're willing to come to Arlington um, as, as, as much so as if you ask someone and said, Hey, you can have the same job making the same amount, right? Relative to the cost of living in St. Louis or in, um, in Austin, Texas or in Arlington, Virginia. And maybe some people might say, might say Austin, but I think you sort of, this area is, is an easy area to get acclimated to because we're so diverse. We have so many cultures here. Um, and, and that's, and talking about culture, that's also a very important thing for, for startups and tech companies as well. Now, you mentioned Austin. Uh, you all were out South by Southwest this year. And Austin was one of those places, you know, it's it's young population. There's been huge growth in the tech sector. You know, young people are moving there in droves, uh, with some calling it the next Brooklyn. So since Austin has been able to attract some of these young millennials, I mean, tell me what Arlington is doing to promote itself and why Arlington was at South by Southwest to go down there and promote Arlington as a place to, to locate. Yeah, um, yeah we, we went to South by Southwest this year. We actually went last year at kind of at a, in a smaller capacity, um, but we decided to go this year. And I think part of it for us is just is, is giving visibility. Uh, I was I was telling George earlier before we started this that, you know, if you go out and survey people outside of the DMV area or outside of Virginia and ask them, you know, where is Arlington or, or, or what do you know about Arlington, right? Leave the Virginia part out of it. I guarantee you a majority of them will say, oh, it's in Texas or they'll say, is that where the cemetery is? 
and 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 that's okay. But I think it means that from a branding and a visibility standpoint, that we have a long way to go. Right? If we're going to start attracting folks and companies and entrepreneurs and uh, even more millennials and startups from other areas, we have to to build our brand here and 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 allow people to to understand that we are tech friendly. We do have all these amazing assets right here in our backyard. You can find really good, well paying jobs and plenty of them here. Um, and and part of us going to South by Southwest was to to say, hey, we are Arlington, Virginia. We are a tech friendly town. We we participate in events like South by Southwest because we understand that. There are amazing companies to meet and interact with and connect with there um, that we could potentially do future business with them and get them to come to Arlington. But more so than that, I think it's a huge marketing and branding opportunity for us. Um, and the fact of the matter is, too, is we, we, we brought some strategic folks with us to South by, um, including Dr. Reginald Brothers, who's a deputy secretary for DHS. You're probably thinking, like, why are you bringing like, like defense people to South by Southwest? Well, it's the same reason that, you know, Obama gave the opening speech at South by Southwest and the government has a huge presence there. Um, and it's because, like, look, look, our backyard is we are the headquarter for defense contractors, DARPA, DHS, ONR. Um, I probably missed like a bunch, but they're, they're all here. Actually, they're all in Arlington for the most part. Um and they have a lot of money to give out and they have a lot of get money to give out to tech companies and to entrepreneurs and to people that are doing really cool things that can help homeland security issues and military issues. And, you know, just, just in the wearable markets alone, there's a ton of money being spent by the defense agencies to entrepreneurs giving these contracts out because the reality is, is that the private sector and the startups can build things faster. They can build things more efficiently, but they may not know how to navigate the government, right? And so DHS and a lot of agencies are trying to figure out how do we expedite getting these private sector technologies into the government? And the government for us is our backyard, right? And so some of the things we see on the horizon in the future is the government's going to have billions and billions of dollars to spend on on tech, right? And, and, and a lot of that money is being spent in the private sector. As soon as they can figure out how to expedite the procurement process, which is a whole other thing in itself, um, there's a huge opportunity. And I think a lot of those people are going to be one, are, are going to either out of necessity or hopefully they want to be in Arlington because the people that they're do, now doing business with are in Arlington, like DHS, like ONR, like, you know, fill in the blank defense contractor. And that's a huge thing for us. And we want to be part of that because at the end of the day, like the government is our biggest asset and they happen to be the biggest spender. So, so that being said, can you share with us, you know, which companies have successfully relocated to Arlington you know, in the tech sector. Sure, I can give you uh, a couple, and then uh, maybe one of them I will I will not name, but you guys can figure it out. Um, uh, there's a company out uh, out west in Silicon Valley called Shift, and uh, you can look it up on Crunchbase or another resource. But effectively, they have a technology that helps sell your car more efficiently, faster, hands off. Um, really, really cool, cool platform. I think they've raised like around 80 or hundred million dollars. Um, but they are a Silicon Valley company. Um, 
And when they were thinking about expanding operations, you know, generally when you have startups that start up out west, you and you, and you scale, you go to New York, you go to Chicago, maybe you go somewhere else in the Midwest, maybe you go to Boston. Sometimes you go to DC, which is in the case of Uber. Um, and we thought, like, why not Arlington? We have all again all the assets those things those those folks want, and we have the workforce, right? It's sort of like the perfect storm. Um, and so anyways, the comp- company shift, um, about, uh, probably last year, actually, uh, the governor, Governor McAuliffe of Virginia made a, did a mission trip out to Silicon Valley to meet with some of the companies. And, you know, he's a big pro business guy and attracting folks to, to the state. Um, and often were the beneficiaries of it because, uh, a lot of these companies end up in, in at least Northern Virginia and, and we hope Arlington, um, but they're actually in Crystal City working out of 1776. Um, I think they have hired like 25 people so far. Their plan is to scale to 200 people within the next, I want to say, 18 months, right? So you're talking about a, a $100 million capitalized Silicon Valley company that moved to Arlington, Virginia. Like, that's kind of crazy. But it, ma- it made perfect sense for them because, again, they realized that, you know, we're going to need an East Coast office. We're sort of centralized. We're in the center of the East Coast. We're not New York, right? But but we're still in this really good location. And they they knew, hey, we are, no, we are going to need to hire 200 developers. I know what they pay. It's very high. And there's very few communities out there uh, in the country that you can find that type of talent, right? And I'm not saying all 200 are going to come from the DMV area, but a majority of them will, and, and, and they'll benefit from the fact of being here because they can pull from that talent. Um, there's another company that is, actually, they're going to be in Crystal City as well, um, and they are one of the larger ride-sharing companies. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but they set up shop, they, they took office space in, in Crystal City and will move in very shortly. And for them, it was strategic because if you follow what's going on in the rideshare community, there's a lot of things that um, you basically need a bunch of lobbyists and a bunch of lawyers working on um, a lot of the issues. And so they saw Crystal City as being strategically located where they can pop in and out to D.C. Um, and even more beneficial for them was the building that they're in. Um, they're going to use the garage during certain time periods for inspection of their drivers, right? So in obviously in Virginia, you have to get your car inspected and all the certifications and everything like that. And so traditionally in the past, this company, their drivers would go to whatever inspection station and get it done on their own. It was sort of a bottleneck. And so the location that they're in, in, in Arlington and Crystal City will allow them to um, literally do the inspection in the garages for their drivers, um, which is a huge benefit to them in addition to, to how they're strategically located to DC. So that's sort of two examples. There's a lot of activity happening all over, all over Arlington, specifically in Crystal City. And I think Crystal City has had a huge transition um, from, you know, Crystal City was, is, is, it was known as a government town and, 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 uh, and, and it's, and it benefited from that, but I think it's seeing a huge shift um, in, you know, it has, in addition to 1776, there's Eastern Foundry, which is sort of the, the gov- government contracting incubator. So the, the, those guys saw a huge need in the federal contracting space for all of these, not just remote workers, but also folks in tech that are working on government issues and said, hey, we need a co-working incubator accelerator for government contractors. Why not put it in Arlington? 
Um, and I think they're actually getting ready to expand too, which is pretty exciting because it, it tells us and it tells them there's a demand in the market for um, concepts like that and it's working and it's happening here um, and and that, and that's pretty interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they, they're doing some really interesting things in Crystal City and, and from what I've observed, you know, next to um, where the, uh, the underground is in Crystal City, um, WeWork has a new space that uh, has been announced as the second location that they've done called We Live. And uh, they're no longer just a co-working space, but they're also a co-living situation um, with access to, I think, if you go down into the uh, the Crystal Underground, they have um, a place called Tech Shop, which allows makers, the maker community, to go and innovate in that space. So just talk to me a little bit about like what what's going on there. It seems like there's an interesting kind of microcosm of the builders slash DIY slash entrepreneur community that's happening. What, why is crystal city kind of fertile grounds for this development? Well, I think if you look at, again, like historically, you know, you have these older buildings that are, you know, you have your look and, and the companies are great. You have your Boeing's and your Lockheed Martin's and, 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 um, but going back to my, point earlier which is a lot of these contractors a lot of these places like crystal city that benefited from hey i'm a giant government contractor i need to be in, be in arlington they're not taking up the space anymore right and so um i, I think I, I call i call crystal city sort of the new economy right i'm a, I'm a tech guy like i'm a startup background so for me i like what they're doing is they're trying to build this community um to make it tech friendly and by me and i don't just mean like bringing in tech companies but it's the retail behind that it's it's the it's the tech shops which you can do like really cool 3d printing and um tinker with whatever you want they have stated all the equipment it's a really cool place i've known no one's ever seen it um we were actually i think one of the first i think we're the second or third tech shop in the whole country and it was in crystal city and the other thing i, I was telling george earlier too was the we work we live concept is again if if no one's ever seen that it's in crystal city it's pretty fascinating um it's actually it's 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 wild if you go tour if you go tour the place but they have one in new york city and the other one's in crystal city in arlington you're like wow that's that's kind of crazy like you know normally don't go from like new york city to arlington for a new a new you know multi-million dollar concept yeah that really says something yeah i i think um i think it says that there's definitely a demand here right the the whole we work we live con- concept is certainly geared towards millennials and we definitely have the demographics for them to draw the demand um, but also they looked at we work we live looked at what else is happening in this area right and, and can we be part of this so it's it's all the tech companies coming in for 7076s it's all the retailers it's it's sort of when you build out a community like that not just you know the we work we live itself but what else is around that right and yes also you also have the metro there which helps too and and um i, I think that the folks that we work we live had the foresight to say like hey this is really a a, a community in transition particularly crystal city and and it's transitioning towards sort of again what i call the new economy which is being tech friendly attracting a younger workforce moving away from government contracting um 
and and just having really cool fun stuff there that that um that you wouldn't have thought before and right and again it's it's you know you and i live here and we we read what's going on and probably the folks listening understand a little bit what's happening in crystal city but that's part of the things that we need to be marketing and and telling people about that's happening right if we're going to get people to come from out of the area and get more companies to come here that's all part of it but it is interesting we sit back and think like you know and i think like we were we live like this you know eight or nine billion dollar company probably even more now like crazy and they could go anywhere and they're gonna go to every they're gonna you know but and and the funny thing is they're calling their 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 we live their we live concept right now if you go to tour right now they call it they say they say they're in beta mode right like i i've never heard a a apartment complex or a hotel or whatever say that we're in beta mode it's usually you hear that in the tech community right when the well we work we live has a huge tech component to it um but they but from from a living standpoint they're literally still testing it out and they're they're still you know tweaking their price points to see what works again and that's beta mode to them but it's really interesting that this is that they decided to build their second concept in addition to new york right they didn't go to uh, I don't know. They didn't go to Boston and they didn't go to San Francisco. They went to, they came to Arlington, Virginia and crystal city to build this, took an entire building. Um, and, and it's just a fa- it's a fascinating place, but, um, but I, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, wow, the, this is happening here and they could have chose anywhere else. Like, what does that tell you? They, this giant company has, has the foresight to say, Hey, things are happening here. We think there's demand. Let's open up this, this crazy new concept here and see if, see if if it works. But do you think it's driven by the companies that choose to relocate here or is it more so from, they know that they're getting incentivized to, you know, do their, we live concept in this community because they know that crystal city needs to have kind of an affluent working, you know, millennial tech group that can help partner with and, and, and help spend money in the local business community. I I think, I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think as much as, uh, as they help draw people in, um, the community itself is also helping draw people into, and and they're part of it. So you have, I think it's you have people being pulled in from both ends, uh, which to them should be a huge benefit, right? They realize like, hey, we have a huge footprint here with this concept. We know that we are going to generate interest just from the fact that we're here, right? And they also know, hey, well, all this other stuff happening with the seventy seventy sixes and Eastern Foundries and all these tech companies coming and the you know, and the, and the rideshare company coming and and the shift um, company that helps them too, right? So it's it's their brand helps this area, and I think and I think they they see what's happening in this area, which is helping them too. So it's it's if I put myself in the we work we live um, folks shoes, I think it's it's a win win. And look, time will tell whether the concept is successful. I think it will. I think they've pre sold a bunch of in beta mode, um, a bunch of a bunch of their their like micro units, and it's this crazy community, and, and you can like communicate with folks and in your building and um and it's 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 really really fascinating and interesting so it it seems like there is this increasing trend for people to go to co-working spaces now and and we were talking earlier about just some of the real estate uh vacant spaces that are in arlington how can co-working help alleviate some of the vacancies that you know the builders and developers have in their buildings sure yeah good question look in in between i I always look at the um so you have you have entrepreneurs and startups and and even like just you don't have to be working on anything tech but you have 
right? You have your home-based businesses and then you have your, hey, we're a real business and we need real office space and we have real paying clients and real revenue. But what happens in between that? Because the end of the day, most people aren't at the point where they need, you know, to take real office space and they have real revenue. And and so you have this whole sort of demographic of people that are sort of like, where do I go? Right? Where 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 is there space for me? I don't want to be in my garage. I don't want to be in my mom's house because I've grown out of that or because that, hey, I have a little bit of traction in the market, but I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on rent. Um and, and it happens a lot. And so so the these buildings realize like co-working has been around for like eight years. It's not a new concept, although it continues to evolve and we work, we live certainly took it, took it to the next level. And there's, there's like, I think like probably 12 different co-working places in, in, in the DC area all over the place. And they all, they all have their own little niche and they're all a little different in their own way. But from a, from a building perspective, right? Like co-working, like you, you can have, it's, it's all, it's it's these these people that are left out they now have a, a space to go right and and they're flexible terms right you can have monthly terms or sign yearly, yearly terms at a discount whatever it is but for a building to say hey we realize that the demand of the people taking you know full five seven ten year leases is not as much as it was five or ten years ago, right? But what if we can take an entire floor or two floors, convert it, make it this open area, have this kitchen and, you know, and, and put in some cool things and some games and all these whiteboards and whatever you want, um, will the, will the be now be, will the demand shift for these type of spaces? And I think the statistics have shown that, that they have, if you look at the coworkers we have in Arlington, like they're, they have pretty good memberships and they're pretty full. And from us, from, from a sort of economic development and Arlington standpoint, we look at these as sort of transitional spaces, right? So, you know, some people could be there for five years. Some people could there be there for six months. Some people could be moving there temporarily until their actual space gets built out. But for us, they're sort of feeders, right? So if you have a 10-person company that isn't ready to take a dive into, hey, we don't want you know our, our own full-length lease yet, um, but we know that if we get to this point and we start to scale, we're going to need our own space. Um, and we hope that in those kind of companies, we want to connect with early because we want to get to know them, make sure that they're happy and that when they do get to the point where, Hey, we're about, you know, we're, we're, we're bursting at the seams. We need to find real office space. They stay in Arlington, whether it's Crystal City or elsewhere in Arlington, that's only a benefit to us, but you don't have that opportunity unless you have these spaces that exist and they do. And it's been great for us. And I can think of, uh, two companies that I won't mention that, um, that are, that are, that are sort of at that point where they're going to need real office space. Um, and they're, they're really cool concepts that I actually think these, these are going to be, um, I hate to say big companies, but I think they're going to scale, uh, and will be some success stories from this area. And, and, and we hope that they're going to stay in Arlington because I think they're at the point where they're, they're moving out of co-working into, um, into big boy space, I guess. So, so lastly, uh, I just wanted to ask, uh, since, we were just talking about co-working spaces, how that plays into the sharing economy. How is the sharing economy good or bad for economic development? Because I could see it going either way. Are are the things that Arlington is doing to prepare for the shifts in how consumers, and especially that generation is now interacting with their environment. 
Yes. Um, and you're talking about like your Ubers, your Airbnbs. Right. People always say, you know, uh, there's you you can basically anything can be a shared economy and i and i think you'll see so many different interesting companies there's actually a really interesting company in um in crystal city uh called notarize which is on demand notary services super cool company amazing concept the guys that are behind it are brilliant i think they'll be a really big company um but and you might ask um is how big is, is that market, right? But when you actually look at it, it's and they were telling me this: they're going billion dollars to spend on on, on notaries, um, and there's even like the large contract tractors, like uh, like your Lockheed Martins, have a whole a whole process of of certifying people um, through. Um, what is it called? Like top secret and secret and, and all that stuff has to be notarized and they're doing like crazy volumes of that stuff. And anyways, it's a huge market. You'd never think about it, but that's the shared economy. It's the way the world's going to answer your question. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's good. Um, actually, the county just created a committee. It's to understand stuff like the shared economy and, and how does Arlington have a footprint in that? And what does that mean for us? Um, well, I think it means more opportunity and more choices for people. I'm not speaking for Arlington. I just think from a general consumer standpoint, I use Uber. I've used Airbnb. Um, I've used a bunch of shared economy, actually, services, and they're convenient. Um, the the question people say is, you know, you're you're basically automating or taking technology and making something more efficient or making something on demand and does that create less jobs because you're using technology i actually think it creates more jobs because if you look at how many people these companies have in the shared economy they're huge uber has like how many thousands of people airbnb has how many thousands of people um so i think it'll create more jobs and i think it'll just mean we're, we're more reliant on technology for everyday things that you can't think about right now but tomorrow someone will probably have i have an on-demand of that right you can do there's like liquor delivery now there's like eight million food services that you can get delivered on demand uber just recently launched as of like last week the uber eats specifically in arlington it was in dc now it's in arlington you're you're flipping models in in uh that were once done in a traditional way and doing something in a new way using technology i was watching cnbc the other day and uh they were interviewing travis kalanchik who's the founder and CEO of Uber and obviously some of their conversations around the lawsuit that Uber just settled around like their employees, um, you know, being the W9 employees or not. Um, but one of the things he said was, you know, there's very few cities that Uber has gone into that they haven't faced lawsuits or some kind of legal battle. Right. And to him, it means he's doing something right because people are taking notice and because look the the these regulations don't become issues unless there's a demand for them and and the fact that you know new york city was like wait a second what is this going to do to our cab industry that's their first notion right but you're talking about an, a very archaic industry that's been around forever that hasn't been changed and so anytime you try to do something new there's going to be resistance until you figure out like how do we do this something new in a fair way that makes everybody happy and the fact is like it will take years to work all these things out in all these new industries um but new things are scary to people and they're scary to the government and they're scary to localities um because they're still like you know like they're still trying to figure this out like how does this work is this a good thing is this a bad thing um, like Arlington's been fortunate enough, like, like car to go was first piloted in Arlington. Most people don't know. And there was a lot of, 
um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes that went on for, for Arlington to officially get car to go to, to be here. And, and it happened. And I think Arlington saw the foresight to say, Hey, this is the start of something. We're not sure what that something is. Um, but it's here. And so we need to, we need to be in this and figure this thing out. So it sounds like some of these market driven changes are ultimately going to be good because Arlington is, uh, is being adaptable in this situation and, and, and looking towards the future. Yeah. Arlington is definitely adaptable. Um, look, I I think Arlington's a pretty, um, forward thinking community. Um, we're certainly, um, we certainly look, you look at transportation in the Metro and, and, and when the orange line came in back in the seventies and that was like, Oh my God, like, the we have accessible public transportation that's like a huge thing and like i look at it like was the metro like what uber is now i mean it was obviously it already existed so it's a little bit different but when you look at sort of like and and the metro is a technology just like uber is a technology and it's like when anything's new you still sort of have to figure things out and it takes some time to say okay this does work and like and anything new and all these technologies in the shared economy there's always going to be bad things that happen out of it um, then your to your point with the whole issue with Airbnb, and I think they're still working through some of those. And and um, but but there's a lot more benefits, I think, both from the consumer side and from um, if it, you're you know you're the you're the renter right versus you're the person leasing the apartment or or, or renting it from someone. Um, I think there's benefits on both sides and, and definitely a lot more benefits than, than negatives there are, but there's always going to be bad things that happen with anything that's new. And I think that's okay. And I think the faster you figure out what those are, the faster you can sort of pivot or iterate off of those or, or, or develop regulation around them that, that makes it fair, right? New York city did that and, and, and now they're supportive of Uber and, and Uber's huge in New York city versus like, it went from like, wait a second, like this is a really bad thing. And, and, you know, the cab, the cab markets and all the unions are going to hate Uber. And I think people look at it now as like, Oh, it's, it's a really good option. Just like getting on a regular cab is an option. Just like, you know, going on Airbnb is another option, right? It's not the end all be all, but it gives consumer choices and it gives consumers choices like right away. And that's sort of the new economy that we're working towards. And I think, that's sort of what we're trying to build here in Arlington too, with all these new tech companies and all the, all the programs that we have going on, like startup Arlington. Um, and so it's, it's, it's the way of the future. Well, Darren, thanks so much for speaking with me today. And, uh, if you want to get more information about what Arlington economic development does, you can go to Arlington economic development.com. Awesome. Thanks George. Thanks so much. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog, dc-entrepreneur.com. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode, and thanks for listening.